0: We continue in Mark 11. If you have your Bibles and you would like to turn to them, please open them where we will begin in verse 12, just in a moment. The scripture that we study today is divided into two parts. As we discussed last week, Mark folds the action of the cleansing of the temple in between the story of the fig tree. Last week we study how Jesus drove out those who were making a mockery of God's house. Now we will be reading the narrative that is found on either side of that story. So I will be reading Mark eleven, twelve through 14, and then we'll be skipping to 20 through 25. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. This passage is one of the hardest in the New Testament for scholars and commentators to explain. As we read it, we understand why this might be the case. The part we get is that Jesus is hungry. (laughs) If we're honest, we might say he's hangry. A term used to describe someone who has waited too long to eat and they are not happy. They're mad, so we say they're hangry. Who hasn't been there? You're out and about. You have nothing to snack on, so you become irritable. We know that when we're hungry, our blood sugar drops, causing some hormones to be released, which leads to unhappy feelings. This is the human part of Jesus. When we consider his divine nature, we have less understanding. He gets mad because there are no figs on the tree. But it's out of season, Mark tells us. So he proclaims it will never bear fruit again. What is interesting to think about is how the Lord talks to the tree. He is the firstborn over all of creation. He made this fig tree himself. He is talking to the tree as if he knows it. We may talk to our plants, but it's not quite the same. This is a miracle passage. But it is unlike any miracle we have seen in Mark. The next day, Jesus and the disciples walk by the tree again, and it is withered because the roots have died. There's a lot to unpack here. Many who are more learned than I have contemplated why the Lord has acted in this way. However we wrestle with this, and I would encourage you to wrestle with it, we have to keep Jesus as perfectly holy. One who has no hint of sin in him. If we take the most basic lesson here, it might be that bearing fruit is greatly important to God. Those who are made to produce figs or love or tulips or good works must show results or there will be consequences. The explanation I resonate most with here is that Jesus uses this experience as a living parable. Peter remembers it vividly, which is the point. It cannot be a coincidence that Mark put this story on either side of the temple incident. Jesus comes to the tree hoping to have fruit, and there is none. He goes to the temple wanting to find people honoring God with their worship. And instead, finds them cheating others. Again, no fruit is evident. Jesus knows what he will find with the tree. He knows what's gonna happen when he goes to the temple. This is not a surprise to him. He comes to Jerusalem on purpose. So we have to believe that this is all part of a plan. God is aware of every single thing happening. ...within his creation. So maybe he acts to show those with him... ...and those who will come after... ...how being responsive to God is important. Living organisms need to grow. This is how the created world works. Fig trees and humans are designed to grow. Jesus expects life with the tree. He expects life in the temple and has found a definite lack in both. In both cases, he takes his authority as king over all and makes his displeasure known. Hebrews reminds us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here we see shadings of the Old Testament, as well as judgment, which is promised at the end of the age. Jesus acts to preserve the integrity that God expects. Now, where we might find concrete ideas here is in verses 22 through 25. When Peter shows him the now dying fig tree, Jesus does not comment on it how we wish he would. Instead, he talks to them about what they need to do in order to ensure that they stay close to him. His main idea is around prayer. So there are four thoughts here. First, we draw close to God in faith with the assurance that he is real and our life depends on his. Second, we seek God with the confidence in his ability. Nothing is impossible for the Lord to do. There is no obstacle that God cannot remove, even those that seem like mountains to us. Third, Those who believe in God have consistent answers to prayer in their lives. They pay attention and see how God is working all things together for good for those who love him and who are obedient to his will. Fourth, in our conversation with God, he will convict us when we have wronged one another. He will point out where we need to forgive those who have hurt us. So here's what I see. Jesus is explaining what a fruitful life looks like. It is being connected to God all the time so he can help us to thrive in our faith. When we ask in prayer for forgiveness, we need to believe it's happened because his grace is real. And those whose sins have been removed then turn to their neighbor and offer a similar grace that has been given to them. When we think about how Jesus found people in the temple selling and cheating, we understand his anger. That is the place that people went for the atonement of their sins. It was meant to be a sanctuary where those who trusted God could leave knowing they were forgiven, knowing that they had met with him. The fig tree then could be acting as a representation of those who look great on the outside, but nothing is happening On the inside. So now we come to our most sacred act that we do as Christians, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus for the entire sins of the world. This is an important moment where God meets us and we confess where we have strayed. We confess where we have not allowed His love to grow in us. As we reflect on our lives today, we might think about the good fruit that God is helping us to produce. We might thank him for those places in our lives that have grown and become way more than we could ever have done on our own. But also we might listen for the ways that God wants to prune us, for the things he wants to remove, the things that he wants to be gotten rid of altogether. Maybe we come in here today with a grudge against someone in our lives, someone who's betrayed us or our family, someone who has hurt us, who has broken our trust. And in this time, I would encourage you to allow the Lord to take whatever it is that you have against someone else. Allow him to take that pain and take that betrayal so that your heart might be clear both ways both with him and with your neighbor. We offer an open table in this church, meaning all are welcome to come. However, we ask that you come with reverence, remembering that this act is one that begins first in the heart. This is not a practice we take lightly, but with faith, because we are connecting with our living God. Taking the elements means that you believe Christ's death restores your life, and all those who call on his name. It means you trust him to grow the life in you that he longs to give. So let us now read the Liturgy of Communion. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.